نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah We praise him, seek his assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. This evening, Rabbi Allah Ta'ala, we'd like to continue lecture number seven in our series of lectures dealing with the tafsir of Al-Qur'an Al-Azim primarily focusing upon the comments of Al-Hafiz Ibn Kathir Rahimahullah while also mentioning some of the points or notes of the other scholars of Tafsir <coughs> In this evening our topic of discussion is taken from Surah Al-Mursalat chapter 77 verses 41 through 50 Aqidat al-Muttafeen What will be the end? Or the reward At the end of the road For the people of Taqwa Wajazaa al-Mukazzameen And what is the reward Or the recompense Of those who deny the truth Who deny the doom of Allah And the message that he has sent by his prophets these verses, like many verses in the Qur'an, compare what will be the end result of those who obey Allah and what will be the end result of those who disobey Him. The reward of the believers and the reward of the disbelievers. The end of the righteous and the end of those who deny. And though these verses are brief and the comments of Al-Hafiz Ibn Kathir are brief, the meaning contained in them are of the utmost importance, as indeed it is the encouragement for the believer, knowing that with whatever the difficulties that we are faced with in this world may be, and the hardships that we are confronted with throughout our life and the trials that we are tested with, we know that in the end it is going to be everything will be made up for, everything will be compensated for. Whereas, it is also a discouragement for those who might take heed, who might fear the end result of disobedience and disbelief and wrongdoing and denying the truth, knowing what will be the terrible end of those who deny. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in these verses, إِنَّ الْمُتَّقِينَ فِي ظِلَالٍ وَعُلُومٍ إِنَّ الْمُتَّقِينَ الْمُتَّقِينَ وَالْمُتَّقُونَ 
are the people of taqwa, those who have a consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which moves them and guides them to fulfill the commands of Allah and to refrain from those things which He has prohibited. At taqwa, it is the action of the person who knows that disobedience to Allah brings about a punishment the anger of Allah and His wrath so that person places a wiqaya, a shield between them and the result of disobedience to Allah and that shield, that wiqaya it is the actions of the person in doing that which earns Allah's pleasure and refraining from that which earns his displeasure this is the shield or the screen it is implementing the commands of Allah and avoiding that which he has prohibited. The scholars have given various definitions about taqwa, but perhaps this definition is a comprehensive one that is sufficient for us to know that the muttaqeen, inna al-muttaqeen, that they are those who are living in obedience to Allah. They are asking all the time, if a particular action is that which would earn Allah's pleasure or that which would earn His displeasure and therefore when they know something is pleasing to Allah they hasten to do it and when something is displeasing to Allah they try to avoid it at all costs the one who has taqwa of Allah is the one who fears Allah's punishment وَفَوَاقِنَ مِمَّا يَشْتَهُونَ But the muttaqeen, they will be in shade or shade, zilal, the plural of zil and the shade, it is when the rays of the sun are screened by something between that person and those rays this causes a zil and this zil, it is one of the Ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Jannah that the people will be in shade in the comfort of shade wa ulum ulum is the plural of ayn and it means springs or that which comes forth from the earth yamra'u min al-ard wa yajri alayha if the water comes from underneath the earth and then runs or flows across the earth this is what is called an ayn and here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said the second of the ni'm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be the streams or the springs that come forth from the earth of course in this world the springs that which comes forth from the earth in the next life there will be springs of paradise and the Quran mentions that those are many from amongst them are springs of water and from amongst them are springs of milk and springs of honey and flowing khamr but not like the khamr in this world that intoxicates and cause harm but that one which would be of the paradise also of the bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised the muttaqeen is fawakiha, fakiha, fruits the fruit of the trees the delicious fruits of the trees of paradise wafakiha wafawakiha mimma yashtarun and fruits from those things that the human being loves and is attracted to and desires 
مما يشتهون يعني from plenty there are plenty of fruits and that the people of taqwa they will take whatever they want from the plenty different types of fruits that are in the paradise and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> says what will happen to the muttaqeen and likewise the muhsineen as came later in these verses the people of Ihsan, the doers of good deeds he said that it will be said to them Kulu washrabu haniyam bima kuntum ta'amaloon eat and drink haniyam due to that which you used to do your deeds and your actions in this world يعني, they will eat from that which the food and drink which is tasty and delicious to them and it is easily accessible to them this is the meaning of the muttaqeen كُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا حَنِيًا بِنَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ this is the reward for what you used to do يعني, in this world when you were in the world and here there is an important point that requires some discussion Inshallah, the tafsir, the evening is brief, so at the end we will return to this point of the reward of paradise for the people of paradise, for the mutlaqun or the muhsinun or the mu'minun, their reward based upon their deeds. Is it a fact that people will enter paradise due to their deeds? Or how is it explained in light of the statement here in this verse and in other verses of the Quran, بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ due to what you used to do I mean based upon your actions or your deeds and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> adds to the muttaqeen another group of the believers al-muhsineen إِنَّا كَذَلِكَ نَجِذُ الْمُحْسِنِينَ إِنَّا كَذَلِكَ نَجِذُ الْمُحْسِنِينَ but verily we likewise reward the muhsineen the people of Ihsan those people who do hasan, who do good deeds, that which is considered to be good. And here, we might look at some of the meanings of al-muhsin, and from amongst them, as some of the scholars of Lula said, that the muhsin is the one who does hasan, hasanan, who does something which is good. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentions something similar to this, which is relative and of importance, in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, in Surah Al-Mulk تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ الْمُلْكِ وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ that blessed is the one whose hand is the mulk, the sovereignty of the kingdom and he has power over everything الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ he is the one who created death and life he created death here death refers to the absence of existence and before we were in this world it is referred to as death Allah created death first and then he created life and bringing forth the people into this world الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا in order to test you that in death and life were created and people were brought into this world that they may be tested it will be an اختبار a test for them to see which of you is best in conduct وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْغَفُورُ مِنْ الْبَنَائِيَ عَنْ الْفَجِيلِ And here some of the scholars from amongst the original religions of the Muslims 
said, أيكم أحسن عملا which of you is best in deeds it means أخلصه وأسوبه أخلصه وأسوبه أحسن عملا the best in deeds it doesn't mean the one who does the most deeds أكثر عملا ولكن أحسن عملا the one who does his deed with إخلاص أخلصه the one who has the most إخلاص in doing it for Allah alone وَأَسْوَبَهُ The one who is most correct in his deed that is and making it to conform to the sharia or to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as it was legislated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without any increase or without decreasing it or making any change in it يعني أحسن عملا it means أخلصه وأسوبه the one who does it with pure ikhlas and correctly according to that which has been legislated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here, al-muhsirin also, perhaps it means those who do, يعني, who are the best in ahsan amala, the best in doing their deeds, يعني, doing it purely for the sake of Allah and in accordance with the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And likewise, from amongst the meanings of al-muhsirin or muhsirin, is that which is explained by the Prophet sallallahu in the famous hadith of Jibreel in which the angel Jibreel came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam while he was sitting amongst his companions and he said Ya Muhammad akhbirni an al-Islam tell me about Islam and he told him that Islam is the testimony of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and the prayers and fasting and charity and the pillars, the five pillars, the arkan of Islam and at that point the angel Jabir said Sadaqta, you have indeed spoken the truth and they were amazed, the companions of the Prophet وسلم, that someone came to him asking him about something and then confirming that the answer is correct and then he said to him Akhbarni and an iman, tell me about al iman, and he told him the pillars of Islam, the belief in the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the angels and the books and the prophets, and so on, to the end of the arkan of iman sitta, the six pillars of faith. And finally, the point of reference here is the question of the angel Jibril, in which he said, Akhbirni an al ihsan, tell me about al ihsan. What is al ihsan? And who are the muhsinun? Al ihsan, the prophet sallallahu عليه وسلم said it is أن تعبد الله كأنك تراه it is that you worship Allah as though you see him يعني الإحسان it is the third level of the deen of Allah سبحانه وتعالى after Islam and Iman الإحسان أن تعبد الله كأنك تراه that the person should worship Allah as though he see Allah and of course if someone is seeing Allah they will not act the same as the one who is not conscious of Allah the Prophet knowing that we don't see Allah and we will not see Allah in this world, he said, فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكَ And if you don't see him, if you are not seeing him, and you are not seeing him, worship him as though you are seeing him, but even though you are not seeing him, know that he is seeing you. And this is another level of Al-Ihsan, the person who doesn't worship Allah, as though they are seeing him, then at least know that Allah is seeing you. At least know that Allah is watching you and aware of you and knows your deeds and actions and all of your conditions.
الاحسان الجزاح له of the being of Allah سبحانه وتعالى in which the person has a consciousness similar to the consciousness of the people of taqwa المتقين المتقين is the one who is thinking about Allah what is pleasing to Allah what is this pleasing to Allah and always fulfilling that which Allah has commanded and refraining from that which Allah has prohibited and likewise the muhsin the person who has ihsan who reached the level of ihsan is likewise always acting as though Allah is in front of them as though they see Allah or at least knowing that Allah is seeing them so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that what has been mentioned in reference to the muttaqeen that they will be in shades and, and springs flowing and they will have fruit to choose from whatever they like and they will eat from those fruits and drink from those springs and enjoy it without any difficulty or hardship due to their deeds in this world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, likewise the muhsineen, inna kadhalika najjul muhsineen. That we also give a like reward. The same reward for the muntaqeen, it is also promised to the muhsineen. Wayl al-yawma idhul bil-mukadhideen. Here, the second group of people, after the believers, the muttaqeen and the muhsineen, the second group of people, the disbelievers are mentioned under the title of al-mukadhideen. And likewise, the disbelievers here are referred to by two titles, the Mukazibun and the Mujrimun. The Mukazibun are the deniers of the truth, who deny the Quran and the message of the Prophet wasallam, or those who deny the Prophet who were sent to them of every people and every time. And they are likewise referred to as the Mujrimun, the people who do that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. Yani, and al-jurm, it is a terrible, severe, and ugly crime. Not just normal acts of sin, but the most evil of sins, the most ugly of crimes. This is al-jurm. And the mujrim is the one who does such things. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, to the deniers, those who deny, who do not believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger, and who do not affirm or admit and confess to the truth of the message that the messengers have brought and the truth of the coming day and the Yawm al-Akhir the day, the last day, Yawm al-Qiyamah, the day of resurrection they deny that people will be rewarded and punished for their deeds and therefore they act as they want to act doing all that is displeasing to Allah of crime and corruption and sin and likewise, some of the scholars said, Wail, that Al-Wail, Wail, it means not only Al-Azab Al-Alim, the terrible punishment that the person should fear, woe to the deniers, and woe to them for fear of Al-Azab Al-Alim. But likewise, some of the scholars of Tafsir, many of them said that Al-Wail is a wadi in Jahannam. It is a valley in Jahannam that would be for those who are mentioning in the verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns them with these words. Wailin yawma idin, on that day. That means the day of judgment, the day of resurrection, when the tongues will be brought forth. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to warn them with these words of warning. Wail. And he mentions some of the sifat or characteristics of the denials and from amongst them is the uh, is or 
he mentions first their condition, that is, that they would be threatened and warned with the command, which was actually a threat to them. The command, Eat and enjoy, and benefit from the things of this world for a short time in this dunya, qalilan. Khalilan, innakum mujrimun. For verily you are the mujrimun, the criminals, the wrongdoers, the evil people. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered them to eat and enjoy the things of this world. That's what they are living for. To enjoy it, khalilan. Because the enjoyment of the things in this world, it is little in amount. And also little in its period of lasting. And it doesn't last permanently like the things in the paradise. Nor is it innumerable, but it is limited. The things in this world are both limited in number or amount and also limited in their lifespan. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them, for just a little while. And know for sure that after this little while is coming something else that is the promised punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when it is said to them, bow down, bow down, bow down in salat with the people who bow, they refuse to pray. They refuse to bow down, they refuse to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is one of the characteristics of the Mukhazidin. Since they denied, denied the message, then they denied what that message called on them to be in this world of the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to worship Him alone and to perform the prayer and the other acts that are required of those who believe. If it is said to them, bow down. And here, bowing, it is a part of the prayer, and it is, as some of the scholars said, that a part of the thing is mentioned, but what is intended is the whole of it. And this is a common and often used slow or manner in Arabic language, and it comes in the Quran in many places. Itlaq al-juz fi wa iradat al-kul. mentioning something in part, but intending the meaning of its whole. So here Ruku is mentioned, but what is intended, the Murad, or the intended meaning of Ruku, it means a Salat. When they are called to perform the Salat, they refuse to pray. And this is primarily the disbelievers, but also it may refer to those who consider themselves to be Muslims and refuse to bow down with those who bow down, even those who refuse to pray, or those who refuse to pray in Jama'ah, as some of the scholars said, as Ibn Kathir mentioned, that they are called to bow down, meaning bow down Ma'al Jama'ah, with the Muslims who bow down in Jama'ah in the Masajid. Woe on that day, the day of judgment, the day of resurrection, the day of accounting, for the Mukhazidin who deny the revelations that came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the prophets and messengers, and who abandoned the salat in particular and the worship of Allah in general. فَبِأَيِّ حَدِيثٍ بَعْدَهُ لُؤْمِنُونَ And we wrote to them, for in which speech, بِأَيِّ حَدِيثٍ In which speech, بَعْدَهُ After it, after the Qur'an. In which speech after the Qur'an will they believe, will they accept as truthful? If they rejected the Qur'an, knowing that the Qur'an 
is calling to all khair. It is only calling to good and to al-huda, the guidance. And likewise, it is promising happiness, as-sa'ada, in this world and in the next. And not only that, but even the text of the Qur'an itself, it is miraculous in nature, such that its verses, the expressions and the meaning of the Qur'an, it cannot be imitated. There is nothing equal or like it. And for these reasons and many others, if they didn't believe in the Qur'an, then it wasn't expected that they would believe in anything else after the Qur'an. As opposed to other books, which may have shortcomings or defects in them, the writings of people or the saying or speech of others, if someone doesn't believe in the speech of Allah, the perfect speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it's not expected in any case that they would believe in something else. This is the end of the verses in this section that we want to cover, and you can just look now here at the tafsir, or the mukhtasar of the tafsir of Nikatiya, in which the first uh, section of these verses mentions the destination or the reward of the muttaqeen and the people of taqwa and likewise along with them the muhsineen the people of ihsan and here al-hafid al-kathir rahimahullah says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us about ibadihi al-muttaqeen his righteous servants the people of taqwa those who worship him Worship him by what? By fulfilling al-wajibat, the obligatory acts which he has made obligatory on them. And by abandoning al-muharramat, the things which he has prohibited for them. He informs us that these people, that on the day of Qiyamah, of resurrection, that they will be in gardens, al-jannat. And they will have springs or moon, in contrast to those people, the wretched, the people of the hellfire, in contrast to the condition that they will be in, in the shade of smoke, of black smoke, black stinking smoke, that will be the shade that they will be shaded in. And this is, and then he says, the mentioning the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَثَوَاقِهَا مِمَّا and fruits, fruits, from amongst the many types of fruits, all types of fruits, which the believers will desire. That is, that there will be many types of fruits and whatever they seek or whatever they request, they will find it. And whatever fruit the person asks for, unlike in this world, there are seasons for certain fruits and certain places where you can find certain fruits to the exclusion of other places. But in paradise, every type of fruit, unlimited in types, will be available. Whatever you desire, you will find it. So eat and drink in pleasure due to what or for what you have done, meaning in this world. It will be said to them, here, the words of the Kathir, And apparently the translators have translated this, I don't know if I have the translation with me. But they have translated it something like the meaning of it is that it will be said to them, and these words will be said to them, It will be said to them uh, out of kindness, not out of kindness. But actually, the meaning here, and Allah knows best, the meaning here is that this will be said to them. That eat and drink and enjoy 
for what you have done in this world, that this is from the ihsan of Allah. It's not from your own good deeds. Yani, this reward that you will receive is not in exchange for you have done a good deed and now Allah is giving you its reward equal to it. But no, what you will enjoy in the paradise, it is ala sabil al-ihsan. Yani, it is from the ihsan of Allah. It is from His bounty and His favor that you will enjoy these things. And this is the correct meaning. And this is what we want to discuss in the end uh, concerning the issue of whether or not the believer is rewarded with the blessings and the favors of paradise equal to these or is it actually from Allah's favor and His mercy. That, that, that will be, inshallah, or the believers will be enjoying the benefits of paradise. So here Al-Hazim Ibn Kathir hints at this issue when he says يُقَالَ مُدَالَكَ عَلَى سَبِيلِ الْإِحْسَانِ لَيْمِ That it is from Allah's Ihsan, from Allah's kindness and favor and bounty to them, they will enjoy such things. Then he says, then Allah SWT says, informing them uh, of another, another point here, yeah, related to the previous point, إِنَّا كَذَلِكَ مَجْزِ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And likewise in the same way we will also give the reward to the muhsineen, that is our reward, this reward which we have promised for the muttaqeen, it is also لِمَنْ أَحْسَنَ الْعَمَلِ And it is also for those who do deeds well. أَحْسَنَ الْعَمَلِ And here, this refers back to the point which we mentioned, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in another place, لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا That it means, it is for those, the muhsineen, those who do their deeds well, meaning doing it with ikhlas in accordance with the sharia. وَيْلُ الْيَوْمَ إِذِ لِلْمُكَذِّبِينَ And he on that day, the day of resurrection to the deniers. And here in the next section, he mentions the warning or threat of those who deny the resurrection, who deny the truth and the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and who deny the fact that the responsibilities that Allah has laid upon us, that we will be called account for them, and that we will be rewarded or punished accordingly. So here he says, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the مكذبون those who deny كلوا وتمتعوا قليلا إنكم مجرمون eat and eat and enjoy a little for a little while in a little amount in a limited amount in this imperfect dunya for verily you are مجرمون the criminals the wrongdoers this speech being addressed to the deniers it will be on Yom Adin يعني the day when accounts will be taken and this command to them is Amr al-Tahdeed. It is a command that is a threat to them. And it is a wa'id. Yani Allah is warning them and threatening them and challenging them. That if they eat and enjoy the things of this world as they please, without consideration of the truth that they will be accountable for themselves in this world, then this is a threat to them. To know that there is something coming after it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كُلُوا وَتَمَتَّعُوا قَلِيلًا Meaning, it will be for a short period of time. قليلة. قريبة قصيرة. It is a short amount of time. A little bit of time, and the time, the appointed time is near. إِنَّكُمْ مُجْرِمُونَ بَعْلُ يُعَضَ مُجْرِمُونَ Then he said, the meaning of this is that they will be brought forth to the fire of hell. And after this little bit of enjoyment in this world, they will be brought forth to the fire of hell. And that is what has been mentioned previously. يعني وَيْلُ يَوْمَ إِبْنِ الْمُكَذِّبِينَ Woe! Yani, woe for fear of the terrible punishment 
for the valley and hellfire for those who deny the disbelievers. And here Hafiz and Kathir mentions other verses that are similar and which make more clear the meaning of these verses, uh, the order of the disbelievers or the deniers to enjoy this world. Uh, he says the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, نُمَتِّعُهُمْ قَلِيلًا That we give them enjoyment for a little while. Then we will force them to a very severe and terrible punishment. Then we will enjoy the things in this world for a little while, but after that is coming a terrible punishment. And likewise, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَفْكَرُونَ عَلَى اللَّهِ الْكَذِبِ لَا يُفْلِحُونَ That those who invent lies against Allah, they will never be successful. لَا يُفْلِحُونَ Other than, no way. Mataun fi dunya, they will have some enjoyment in this world. Then they will return to us. They will return will be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for judgment. There will be a little enjoyment. Mataun fi dunya, but after that they will return to Allah. And when they return to Allah, then they will taste of the severe punishment due to the acts of disbelief. And likewise, then he goes on to the same Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ يَعْكَرُونَ And if he said to them, bow down, and he bow down with those who bow down perform the prayers, or worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he said to them, he said that this is when they're ignorant, those ignorant deniers, when they're ordered from amongst the disbelievers, when they're ordered to bow down to Allah, to be with those who pray. When the, the ignorant disbelievers are ordered to be to be those who perform the prayers in the jama'ah then they hold back from doing so and they act proudly in difference or in disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for this reason Allah says to them Woe on that day, the day of resurrection to the deniers and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala closes with these words فَبِعِي حَدِيثٍ بَعْدَهُ يُؤْمِنُونَ Then in which hadith, in which kalam, in which speech will they believe بَعْدَهُ بَعْدَ الْقُرْآنِ After the Qur'an, which speech will they believe after that? That means, يعني, if they didn't, Al-Habdi al-Kathir says, if they didn't believe in which Qur'an, then in which kalam, in which speech will they believe? And this is, like the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَبِئِي حَدِيثٍ بَعْدَ اللَّهِ وَآيَاتِهِ يُؤْمِنُونَ Meaning which speech after Allah and His ayat, His verses and signs, in which speech after that? They didn't believe in Allah and His signs, and what would they believe in after that? And he goes with this, actually Al-Hafid al-Kathir mentions in his tafsir, a hadith of Ibn Abi Hatim, in the end of this chapter, but it appears in the hadith is, not authentic, perhaps this is the reason why we have deleted uh, it. And likewise, Sheikh Muhammad al-Rifai, who did the Mukhtasar in Kathir previous to this Mukhtasar, and he also did a checking of the hadith, but this particular hadith he didn't mention its grade, whether it was authentic or not, which seems to suggest that perhaps the hadith is not authentic. So this is the end of uh, the tafsir, this mukhtasar, the tafsir of these verses. And uh, let us just quickly look at the point uh, concerning whether or not the believers 
are rewarded with paradise in exchange, in equal exchange for the good deeds in this world. And there are many words in the Quran which refer to this topic from amongst them is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al A'raf, chapter 7, verse 43, uh, where he says concerning uh, the believers and how they will be in the paradise that all ill things between them will, will be removed from their hearts and underneath them will be flowing rivers and they will say, the believers, they will say, Alhamdulillah, alladhi hadana lihada, wa ma kunna linahtadiya lawla an hadana Allah. That the believers at this point on entering paradise, they will say, Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah, alladhi hadana, who guided us, who gave us the hidayah and the tawfiq in order to do the deeds that we did. Otherwise, without Allah's hidayah and without the tawfiq from Allah, we were never going to be able to do it. And they will know that and they will recognize it. And they will praise Allah, Alhamdulillah, alladhi hadana lihada, to this success, the entering into paradise, وَمَا كُنَّا لُنَحْتَدِيَا لَوْلَا أَنْ هَذَانَ اللَّهِ And we would never have been able to guide ourselves, to be guided, if it wasn't for the guidance and the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَقَدْ جَاءَتْ رُسُلُ رَبِّنَا بِالْحَقِّ That the messengers of Allah indeed came with the truth. وَنُوذُوا And here the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is relevant to the topic of discussion. وَنُوذُوا أَنْ تِلْكُمْ جَنَّةُ وَرِفْتُمُوهَا بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ And then it will be, it will be, it will be called out to them يعني, that this is the paradise which you have inherited بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ which you have inherited because of what you are doing of these in this world. First, Shaykh Abdul Rahman al-Sa'di concerning this, he said that many of the scholars of the Salaf said that the people of paradise, that they will be saved from the hellfire by the Afwullah, by Allah's pardoning them. They will be saved not by the deed, but by the Afu of Allah, by the pardoning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they will enter the paradise not by the deed, but by rahmatillah, by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the places in paradise will be divided and the people will inherit their place in paradise in accordance with their deeds. But the saving from the fire it is by the afwa of Allah. And the entering of the paradise is by the rahmah of Allah. And indeed, those good deeds which will determine their places in paradise, it is indeed from the rahmah of Allah. In fact, بَلْ مِنْ أَعْلَى أَنْوَى رَحْمَتِهِ But it is of the highest type of Allah's mercy. Yani the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided us and gave us the success in doing good deeds, that will determine our place in paradise once we enter by his mercy and by his favor and his pardoning. And likewise, he also said uh, that the, the believers will say, Alhamdulillah, Nabi they will say so, that praise is Allah who guided us to this because it is Allah who favored us and who revealed and guided our hearts to the truth and caused us to believe in it and caused us to submit to that which he called us to in order to do the good deeds which lead us to that paradise and he Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who preserved our iman and protected our iman and protected us in the doing and kept us on the path, preserved us on the path of doing good deeds until he caused us to reach يعني, this place, the place of paradise. Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir rahimahullah also said concerning these verses that which is of importance and it is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam concerning the entering into paradise whether by our deeds or by the mercy and favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the fadl of Allah and the rahmah of Allah 
he said that it has been married by Imam al-Masai and Ibn Murdawi and that the exact word in this hadith is from Ibn Murdawi he said from the hadith of Abu Bakr ibn Abbas the sanity ila Abi Hurairah yani with his chain of marriage is going to Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu who said qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kullu ahli jannah yara maqa'adahu min al-nar that every one of the people of paradise who sees his feet in the hellfire every one of the people of paradise will see his feet in the hellfire he has a seat in the hellfire فَيَقُولُوا لَوْ لَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ دَانِي If it wasn't for the fact that Allah guided me and gave me this success. فَيَقُولُوا لَهُ شُكْرًا This will be a means of, and it will be a way of shukran. He will know that he is intervened only by Allah's guidance and Allah's favor and he will thank Allah. And likewise, كُلُّ أَحْلِ النَّارِ Everyone of the people of the hellfire يَرَى مَقْعَدَهُ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ He will see his feet in the hellfire, in the paradise. And the people of the hellfire will also see a seat that was, and it, it was appointed for them. But because they disobeyed Allah, they were not injured. And they will see that seat and they will say, لَوْ إِنَّ اللَّهِ دَانِي If only Allah had guided me. فَيَكُلُّ لَهُ حَصْرًا It will be a means of regret for him. For this reason, when the people will inherit their seat, and when the people of paradise will inherit those seats in the paradise, it will be called out to them, that these places, this is the place in paradise which you have inherited because of what you were doing, because of your deeds. And here is the comment of Hafiz ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he said, أي بسبب أعمالكم مالت أو أو مالتكم الرحمة يعني it is by, by the cause of you having done good deeds then the rahma of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has reached you because of your deeds if you have not did, done these deeds then you have earned Allah's rahma and this is the meaning of the saying of some of the scholars that a person has to do good deeds because rahma and maghfirah is not just by wishing and hoping but it is by deeds when a person makes the effort then Allah, his rahmah will reach them and Allah's maghfirah will reach them so it is because of their deeds that they earned the rahmah of Allah and then they entered the paradise and they took their places in the paradise in accordance with hasab fa'amalikum in accordance with their deeds and then he says, وَإِنَّمَا وَجِبَ الْحَمْلُ عَلَى هَذَا لِمَا ثَبَتَ فِي الصَّحِيْهِينَ عَنْهُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ أَنْهُ قَالَ He said that what makes us to interpret these words in this way? The interpretation that the person doesn't earn paradise by his deeds, but he earns Allah's rahmah and Allah's fadl and Allah's asl by his deeds. He said, what causes us to understand it in this way and to interpret it in this way? It is obligatory to understand this way based on that which is recorded in Sahihain and Al-Bukhari and Muslim from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he said, وَاعْلَمُوا أَنَّ أَحَدَكُمْ لَنْ يُدْخِلَهُ عَمَلُهُ الْجَنَّةِ يعني know, know that no one of you, that one of you will never be entered or admitted into paradise by his deeds. لَنْ يُدْخِلَهُ عَمَلُهُ الْجَنَّةِ يعني you will never enter paradise by as a result of your deeds and the companions of the Prophet when they heard this they were amazed at it and they were surprised and he made it as though it was an absolute statement that no one at all will enter paradise by their deeds and they said to him قَالُوا وَلَا أَنْتَ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ مِثْلِهِ 
يعني ما في من المسجد والله وانت فاعل يستحيل بيس قال ولا انا الا ان يتغمنني الله لرحمته برحمه منه وفضل لذلك صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول ما في او ما في من فاعل يستحيل بيس but only if Allah covered me, smothered me with rahmat minhu, with a mercy from him, wa fadlin and his favor or his bounty. So that this is a clear proof, the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam here, you can have to know that people were not into paradise simply because of their deeds, but in fact people who do good deeds, they may earn the rahmat of Allah or the fadl of Allah or the aqwa of Allah, and in this way they will escape from the hellfire and, and earn admittance into the paradise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Khameen commenting on this hadith in his shot of Riyad al-Salihin, he mentioned this hadith from Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu reported by Muslim قَارِبُوا وَسَدِّدُوا وَعْلَمُوا أَنْهُ لَنْ يَنْجُوَ أَحَدٌ مِنْكُمْ بِعَمَلِهِ قَارِبُوا يعني make your intentions to do that which Allah has ordered you to do not going beyond what he ordered not falling short from it but making your intentions to be to fulfill what Allah has ordered you with to the best of your ability يعني according to استطاع according to your ability وَسَدِّدُوا and try to make your actions to be accordant with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated. And make your intention to do what Allah has ordered you and to do it in accordance with what He has legislated, not going outside of that. And if you do so, know that none of you will be saved. No one will be saved simply by His deeds alone. And then they said, قالوا ولا أنت يا رسول الله نبي الله مسلم الله يسوى ولا أنا إلا أن يتغمدني الله برحمة منه وفضل إكسد الله قبضني وفيز مرسي أن يتفضل And then the Shaykh concerning this he says that he mentioned a number of things from amongst them uh, is that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم reminded us and the need for us to strive and struggle and make every effort in the hadith in which he said كُلُّ بَنِي آدَمْ خَطَّاءٌ that every one of the children of Adam makes mistakes وَخَيْرُ الْخَطَّاءِينَ التَّوَّبِينَ and the best of those who make mistakes are those who repent and make tawbah this hadith we put about Tirmidhi and Ahmed رحمهم الله and he said that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala لَوْ لَمْ تُرْمِبُوا لَذَهَبَ اللَّهِ بِكُمْ يعني if you didn't commit sins يعني Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the position that if the people didn't commit sins and Allah would have removed them ثُمَّ لَجَاءَ لِقَوْمٍ يُرْمِبُونَ فَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَ اللَّهِ فَيَسْتَغْفِرُ لَهُمْ فَيَغْفِرُ لَهُمْ يعني then you bring people who would commit sins and then they will be required because of their sins they will seek Allah's forgiveness and Allah will forgive them so nobody should imagine that there are people who are free of sins and therefore they are entitled to paradise simply by their deeds alone no one would be saved uh, from the punishment of hellfire and no one would be admitted into the paradise except by Allah's aqwa and Allah's rahmah and Allah's fadl the favor of Allah and His mercy and His pardon uh, and so that even the best of all humanity that is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu if he didn't and wouldn't enter paradise by his deeds alone then how can we respect anyone else no matter what level a person may reach and nearness to Allah they will never enter paradise by their deeds alone 
if it wasn't for Allah's favor upon them, as Allah's favor upon the Prophet and forgiving his sins of the past as well as of the future, saving him from the hellfire and admitting him into the paradise. He said, what if some people said that there are texts from the Quran and Sunnah which indicate that righteous actions save a person from the fire. I mean, the righteous actions are the cause or the reason why a person wouldn't be punished in the hellfire. And that righteous actions are the cause for which a person enters paradise. Such as the saying of Allah subhanahu wa in Surah Al-Nahl, uh, chapter 16, verse 97, مَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَلْيُحْيِيَنَّهُ حَيَاةَ that whoever does righteous deeds, whether male or female, while they are believers, doing good deeds and having iman, then we will cause them to have a good life and we will reward them with a reward for the best of what they used to do and based on their deeds and this is similar to the verse in the discussion and in Surah Al-Mursal Al-Kabarik when the Shaykh says how do we make the gem or the, I mean, the combining these two points or these two texts how do we make reconciliation between this one the statement in the Quran such that a person will be rewarded according to their deeds and the statement of the Prophet and the woman into paradise by the deeds alone, he said that the answer here is that that which is negated. I mean the fact that the statement that a person would not enter the paradise by their deeds, it means that they would not enter paradise simply as an exchange for their deeds. I mean that their entering paradise would be equal to their deeds, or their deeds that would require or entitle them by right paradise and muqabala. It won't be muqabala. Yani something equal for something equal. But the, the person deeds is not equal to their entry into paradise. This is what is being negated that no one will enter paradise by their deeds alone. Meaning that if the value of their deeds was the only cause for them to enter paradise then obviously they wouldn't make it. It wouldn't be equal. As for that which is confirmed in the verses of Quran which state that a person will be rewarded with paradise according to their deeds and muqabit it means that a person's deeds would be a cause from amongst the asbab it will be a sabab one of the causes or reasons but it will not be ayyadan it wouldn't be an exact fair exchange but it will be a cause from amongst the causes and the other causes the most important causes in the rahmah the mercy of Allah and the fadl the bounty of Allah through which a person is favored to be guided and then given the tawfiq to act and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his favor and his mercy a person has ikhlaq, sincerity in doing the deeds that they do and, and this is the first and primary cause for entering the paradise and if a person enters paradise by Allah's rahmah and by Allah's fadl then in accordance with their deeds they will be given their place in paradise so here the shaykh he says that it is not a fair exchange yani that one's deeds are equal to the paradise uh, but in fact the person enters paradise by the fadl of Allah and by his rahmah and this, these two are the real reason for the person entering the paradise and being saved from the hellfire and here he just mentions three quick points that uh, from this hadith the first of them is that a person should not be yani, pleased should not be I mean, deceived by his deeds thinking that he has so much good deeds that I mean, he is guaranteed to be saved 
uh, and also that a person should as much as possible try to remember Allah and thank Allah and ask Allah for His mercy, the mercy that will cover us and allow us to enter the paradise. And the third one, he said in this hadith is a proof of the concern of companions of the Prophet in seeking knowledge so that they always ask about whatever would benefit them either in this life or in the next. Likewise, from, this, from, these, from the verses and the discussion this evening, there are a number of points that are derived from them, points of benefit. The first of them is that the mutaqeen, the righteous and pious, in Yom Qiyamah, that they would be in paradise, enjoying the shade of the trees of paradise, and eating from the fruits of the trees of paradise, and drinking from the springs of paradise. Number two, that the Mukandibun, the deniers, who denied the messengers and the message of the Prophet وسلم, that which came to them through them, that they would have and wail a terrible punishment or a valley in paradise, meaning that they would be destroyed and they would be severely punished. Number three, that the enjoyment of the things of this world are qaleel, are just a little, because this is not a permanent place of residence. And therefore, its enjoyment, its pleasures are temporary, vanishing, not permanent. Number four, that the mujrimin, the criminals, the deniers, that they will never believe in the signs or even miracles since they didn't believe in this Quran and they will never believe in anything that came after it. Uh, and also, Shaykh al-Waqad Juzayri mentioned some points from this hadith different. One of them is that in these verses is the affirmation of the aqidah, the belief in al-bahth, in the resurrection, wal-jaza, and the reward. And that is, this is understood from the mention of that which will be given to the awliya of Allah, the mu'mineen, the mutaqeen, and the muhsineen. Likewise, this, in these verses there is a proof of the truthfulness of the Qur'an, which warned of the punishment, the punishment, the threat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the leaders of the criminals of Mecca, the Mujrimeen, the Mishrikeen of Quraysh, he warned them and threatened them, and this threat, it was fulfilled in less than five years. I mean, after these verses were revealed, they were destroyed. All of the leaders of the pagans of Quraysh were destroyed, and their punishment came to them instantly in this world, not to mention the punishment in the next life. The third point is the point of Fiqh. He says that, if, if they are told to bow down, that they don't bow down, he said that from this we can also understand, and it is based on the clear hadith of the Prophet that whoever enters a masjid while the people are praying, and that person has already performed the prayer, then they should join the Muslims while they are praying, so that they will not be of those who don't bow down with those who bow down. Yeah, I mean, if anybody came to the masjid and the people were praying and they already performed the prayer, then they should join the prayer. As the Prophet Sallallahu told some people who had performed their prayer at home and they came to the masjid and found that the congregation prayer had not been uh, completed and they sat on the side and the Prophet Sallallahu asked them why they said they already performed the prayer. He said, if you came to the masjid and the congregation is praying, then you should join them and one of them will be counted as a voluntary prayer and the other one as an obligatory prayer. This is the end of the points that we wanted to cover here and then the questions related to this topic number one uh, if we can complete them before the event it would be good 
the first question, what is the meaning of At-Taqwa and who are the Muttaqeen? What is the meaning of At-Taqwa? When he fears Allah. Well, the Muttaqeen are the people of Taqwa. What is the meaning of Taqwa? Fear of Allah. And it is the state or consciousness of the person who always considers what Allah has commanded and what Allah has prohibited. And they place a screen or a protection, wakaya, between them and the punishment of Allah by doing what He has ordered and abstaining from what He has prohibited. And that the person makes a screen. Taqwa, it is a shield or a screen that protects someone from something here. It is a protection from the punishment of Allah. And that screen is the obedience to His commands and avoiding His prohibitions. What is the reward for the Muttaqeen mentioned in these verses? Shades in paradise, shades from the trees of paradise. Mm-hmm. And eating from the fruits of the trees of paradise. Huh? None. And eating of whatever fruits they desire and drinking from the springs of paradise. Who is addressing the words, eat and enjoy yourselves for a little while? What does it mean? Allah subhanahu wa told him to eat and enjoy for a little while and after that is coming the punishment. So no one should be pleased with themselves because they are enjoying the things of the dunya. Allah subhanahu wa has not only allowed but He has ordered the disbelievers to enjoy the dunya. This is their paradise. This is their paradise. But after this is coming the punishment. Explain the verse, Verily thus we reward the muhsineen. Inna kadharika inna muhsineen. Now, the Muslims are the people who are just in actions, meaning ikhlas and sawab, yani doing purely for the sake of Allah and correctly in accordance with the Sharia. And another meaning of the Muslims is reported, well, that's another question. Is there a question here concerning Now, how did the Prophet explain the expression al ihsan? No. To worship Allah as though you are seeing Him. And even though you don't see Him, know that He sees you. This is also a state of consciousness, al-ihsan. That is similar to taqwa. It is muraqabat Allah. That a person should know that Allah is watching them. And therefore they should always act in accordance with the fact that Allah is seeing what they are doing. Allah is seeing all that they are doing. And Allah is capable and able to punish them now or later as He wills. So surely a person who knows that the one who has absolute power over them and authority over them and who sees and knows what they are doing and saying even what they are thinking. How could they act then other than in obedience and seeing the pleasure of that one who sees and knows all that they do and has the ability to reward or to punish them. This is al-ihsan. What is the meaning of wail in the verse? Woe that day to the denies. What is the meaning of wail? Wail Some of the scholars said it means a valley in the hellfire for the people who are described under these verses, and also it means Azab al Alim, a terrible punishment. Uh, what is mentioned here, or what is intended here in the words, and when it is said to them, Irkau. What is the meaning of irqa'u, bow down? What is meant here by these words? Now, it is, it is, the intended meaning here is salat. 
And the general meaning of it is worshipping Allah. When they are ordered to make salat, they don't make salat. When they are ordered to worship Allah, they don't worship Allah. These are the deniers. When they are ordered to bow down, they don't bow down. How can we answer? And this question that came in the end of this section, then what statement after this will they believe? فَبِعِي حَدِيثًا بَعْدَهُ يُؤْمِنُونَ In what statement after this they believe? What, what is the answer to this question? The answer to this question is that no, nothing after this they will believe in. They will never believe. They will never believe. If they don't accept the Qur'an, they will never believe. Whoever doesn't accept the Qur'an, don't expect them to ever believe. Because the Qur'an is sufficient and comprehensive. It is calling to all that is good and warning against evil. And it is promising the reward of peace and happiness in this world as well as the greater peace and the success of the next life. And even if they examine this from the intellectual perspective, the hijaz of Qur'an, the miraculous nature of the Qur'an in its language, as well as its yani, uh, expressions, the expressions that it used, as well as the information contained in it of past history that are unknown to the people and of future things that were going to take place, which did take place, and of the scientific information that was unknown in that time, that's only being discovered in this time. If this is not sufficient, if anyone doesn't believe in this, for sure they won't believe ever. Anything less than it. Does a believer actually own a jinnah by his or her righteous needs, as perhaps may be understood in verse number 43? How can we explain this thing? Now, the good deeds is one of the causes, but it is not an equal exchange that if you want to enter paradise, you can, I mean, buy it by doing so much good deeds, your good deeds will be equal to the value of paradise. It's no such thing. It cannot be, and the Prophet made it clear that no one would be saved from the hellfire, or in another narration, no one would enter the paradise by their deeds alone. And they asked him, not even you, Ya Rasulullah. He said, not even me. Except that Allah will come with his Rahman and with his Fadl. So this is a clear proof that uh, the believer doesn't actually earn any such that he is entitled. He or she is entitled to paradise. And your good deeds are sufficient. Now you have to go into paradise. Allah cannot refuse you. But it is only one of the causes, of the many causes, the primary causes, is Allah's favor and Allah's mercy and Allah's pardoning. And the secondary cause, is our deeds through which we earn Allah's favor and Allah's mercy and His forgiveness. Mention some of the benefits or points derived from these verses. There are many. From one side. Now, there's a believe some of the rewards from this from these verses. We know whether some of the rewards of the believers have in paradise. They will be eating from the fruits, all different types of fruits from the trees of paradise, and drinking from the springs of paradise of various different types. And from these verses, we know that there should be fear for those who disbelieve and who reject and who deny of the punishment, of the guaranteed punishment that would be for those who disbelieve in the hellfire. And also, that the things in this world are temporary. This world is temporary. And the enjoyments of this world are temporary. They are only a little. Qalilan. Enjoy it only a little. Because it's only a little bit, and it's only lasting for a little while. And then shortly thereafter is coming the reality. Also, now, to obey the commands of Allah, to bow down, to perform salat, and to worship Him. And whoever doesn't do so, these are the characteristics of the people of hellfire. 
that a person doesn't pray and the Prophet comes to him and the Salat, that it is kufr. The Tarq al-Salat is kufr. So that this is also a dangerous matter. The one who refuses to bow to Allah, to worship Allah, to pray to Allah, then this is a sign of the disbelievers. Also, that the disbelievers, that the people who deny the Quran, they will never believe. And they will never believe. And this also shows the status of the Quran, the greatness of the Quran, that it is such that whoever doesn't believe in it, don't expect them to believe in anything else. There's nothing about the Quran as a convincing proof, as a, as a means of calling people to the deen of Allah. Subhanakallah wa bihamdika, ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. If there are any comments or questions or corrections, inshallah, after that, then we can take a few minutes. But Allah uh, I don't know any clear distinction. I don't. I can't detect a clear distinction, except if you look at the meaning uh, that the Prophet sallallahu gave for ihsan. It has a, and it is a consciousness. There's a consciousness that uh, the emphasis in that ihsan is that the person. Uh, is acting as though they are seeing Allah or they are acting with the awareness that Allah is watching them and this is the emphasis the emphasis is in yani, seeing Allah or that Allah is seeing you and this is al-muraqabah yani, the consciousness that Allah is watching you or that you are conscious, consciousness that Allah is in front of you yani, being aware of Allah and for taqwa, taqwa, it, it may be, Allah alam, but it may be uh, a lesser stage in some sense. But of course, if there are levels of taqwa, but the, the lower stage of taqwa perhaps doesn't seem to be equal to ihsan. Because the lower stage of taqwa is that the person tries to do whatever Allah has commanded. And most of the scholars explain taqwa that it is Intizar bi awamirullah That you implement or you fulfill what Allah has ordered to do But not necessarily mentioning more than that And Ijtinaab nawahi That you avoid Allah has prohibited But not necessarily what is less than that Whereas Ihsan itself It seems to be a higher stage That the person who knows that Allah is watching him Is not only going to do what Allah orders and only avoid what is clearly haram but they will avoid what is makroh and they will do what is mustahab and more than that it seems as though Allah alam but I didn't see any scholars comparing the two so that somebody made a clear distinction between them but perhaps perhaps and Allah, Allah knows that it is only in our own yani, <laughs> maybe I imagine this that there is a difference between them if it is it seems as though ihsan may be in general a higher stage than uh, taqwa, because taqwa it may have yani, levels that are less than ihsan yani, the lowest level of taqwa doesn't seem to be equal to ihsan and the Prophet compared the deen to three levels or three stages and the lowest of them is Islam that the person does the actions that everyone is required to do and the highest stage is Iman that the person has a, yani, a degree of protection of faith of conviction in the heart in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that motivates them in their actions and the highest stage is Ihsan. So it seems as though if something is higher than another, then it will be Ihsan. 
Although he didn't include taqwa in this comparison, so it's difficult to say. Anyway, we can't say for sure unless we found some text from the Quran and Sunnah that the scholars have referred to showing a clear distinction between them. Uh-huh. There are so many definitions like this. Uh, As I said, I, they are very close in their meanings. If you look at the meanings, they are very close. They are very similar. Both of them is the consciousness, is the consciousness of Allah. That moves the person to act and even to fulfill Allah's commandments or various prohibitions. But um, even, uh, I mean, so many times this question came, I didn't find anything myself really clear about it, a clear distinction between them. They appear to be very close, no longer is best. Any other question or comment or correction? Any question from the sisters? أعوذ بالله من الشيطان 